Welcome to the Player Engage podcast, where we dive into the biggest challenges, technologies, trends, and best practices for creating unforgettable player experiences. Player Engage is brought to you as a collaboration between Keyword Studios and HelpShift. Here is your host, Greg Posner. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Player Engage podcast, and we have a special episode today. Today, I'm joined by Artem Dogtiv from the Business of Apps. If you're not familiar with Business of Apps, it's a B2B platform that provides you with insider news about all the different apps and just all news about them. Um, I don't want to take too much thunder, so maybe you can do a better job at that introduction of Business of Apps, Art, but thank you for joining me today. I'm excited to have this conversation. Can, do you mind saying a few words? My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Business of Apps is the place for everybody in the app industry to get together, learn new tricks, uh, see what the uh, case studies of other folks have to say uh, and um, see what's coming, uh, pick up the trends and uh, be knowledgeable in anything that comes to mind when, when, it, when it's about app industry, marketing, development, funding, advertising, anything. Yeah. I highly recommend you go check out their website. It's just businessofapps.com. We'll have a link to it on the Player Engage site. But it's like the white pages or just like an encyclopedia of all the different apps, all the different news that's out there. They have a great podcast as well, which I actually think my CEO, Eric, was on a, a couple of weeks ago. And it's just this great community where it's great information learning. And one of the questions I always like to ask myself as well as out loud is, where do people get news these days? There's like Reddit where people will post a lot of news, there's some LinkedIn, but there's no, it's hard to kind of aggregate all the news and, and information about what's going on. And while we focus on the gaming vertical typically here, a lot of this translates really well to other verticals as well, whether it be fintech or, or e-commerce or or travel, hospitality. So I think it's a great place where best practices can be shared across the different networks. And Art, I'm really excited to be having this conversation with you. Getting started, right? You're, you're background is really media focused. When you were younger, was this your dream of being able to come and talk about kind of best practices and trends in the industry? Where, where was Art years ago when he's determining what he wants to be when he grows up? Oh, uh, when I was a kid, to be perfectly blonde, I did not have any role model. I wasn't dreaming to become anybody. That's just uh, the reality. I was pretty into sci-fi. I read a lot. Uh, I think my the books were you know my constant companions when I was a kid. Uh, sci-fi only, uh, no, no, nothing related to fantasy. So don't ask me anything about the Game of Thrones. But if it's about the Expanse, you're my guy. So um, I vividly remember um, just um, you know from Monday to Friday <laughs> on the weekend, being uh, with a bunch of books and. Uh, I think that, that that was the point where my curiosity about the world, um, about science, about what are we doing in this planet, where this whole thing is going to, and uh, where did we come from? Uh, that was my world. And um, again, no particular role model. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess sci-fi was my window to curiosity about this world. I think The Expanse is one of the greatest shows that has been on TV. And I think yeah. Amazon did a ton of justice with it by by picking it up after sci-fi let it down. It was a very big disappointment to see that oh, yeah. leave. And I know Telltale came out with a game about The Expanse. I haven't played it yet, but it's something that is on my list of things to do. Yeah, exactly. That that was a great thing to uh, see Apple picking up when the, everybody was kind of sighing, oh, 
and now the show is gone because of uh, you know financial problems, which you know every show has to face with. Yeah, so I don't think that uh, when I was uh, like a toddler age, anything would tell you anything about the work I'm doing right now. And uh, when I was in school, high school, um, I gr- I graduated as the believe it or not, a uh, metrologist, engineer metrologist. Never worked a single day, a single minute in my life by that profession. But I guess it kind of uh, uh, gave me this um, take on the world that nothing is perfect. There is always the margin for an error. You, you may try to measure anything as, as much as you can, but there's got to be an error all the time. But yeah, um, the profession, um, like what, how I started my career as a search engine guy, did not exist. So everybody was just learning on the job, uh, having a zero experience, no books, nothing. You're just inventing the whole thing on your own. And uh, it, it relates to what came later. Obviously, the mobile world um, didn't exist back then. So I was kind of a, my career was going uh, along this, the trajectory of mobile industry development. That's that helped. This is my part of. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think I can put anything on top of it. This is how it went. You're you're currently residing in Canada. You were, I believe, you were born and at least raised in the Ukraine. Is that correct? Yeah, that's that's right. Um, I spent uh, most of my life in back in Ukraine. Moved only recently, just a year ago here. So, been traveling a lot. Uh, but never leave for, for that uh, extended period of time any anywhere outside of Ukraine. But uh, for the last twenty plus twenty plus years, I've been traveling a lot in Europe, uh, Middle East. How would you say? And this is me just being naive here, right? But what is the technology world like in the Ukraine um, over the past bunch of years? Right? Is it is it more technology than people would normally think of? Do you have to do a lot of your own digging because things didn't really exist? Um, well, if we're talking about the um, the like like, I think it depends. Like, if we're talking about the mobile. Uh, industry i think um the the expertise in software that was really kind of forged in uh, mid 90s early 2000 when the, a lot of small startups um to be perfectly honest back then uh, the copyright for software was something uh kind of weird for everybody <laughs> People knew that this, there's such a thing as a copyright, but nobody respected it back then. So the upshot of that was that people had a lot of experience with a different kind of software. They could be hands on and uh, later become their profession. Obviously, that's not the case anymore, but that kind of a, it was a Wild West period in early 2000. But uh, that led to a lot of companies that... Um, Right now, if you pick up the App Store app, uh, you can see a lot of games and apps, which easily easily uh, were developed by uh, by teams uh, or developers from Ukraine at some point, or uh, you, you can see people on the teams of those apps or games that originally uh, were raised in Ukraine, got their education, got their first work experience back then, and later moved to other countries. So 
Um, there, there are things that are different, like for you know an average uh, um, kind of um, life snapshot here in North America. But in many respects, it's it's really the same thing. Like um, people are uh, have uh, the, the same worries, like my kids, like uh, their education, the health of my parents, uh, like planning of my life in general. Um, there are small wrinkles that are different culturally, but in many respects, it's pretty much so f- uh, familiar here in North America. I think I guess one of the things about technology that's beautiful is that with remote work, with the tools that are available to everyone, you kind of have the same level playing field across, across no matter where you are, right? as long as you can understand the languages that are being spoken and, and translation and localization is probably the most important part of that. But it's a fairly level playing field now, no matter where yeah. you are. Internet, uh, laptop, coffee, and you're good to go. Coffee is the most important part, or else nothing's working for that day. Sure. Um, so with business of apps, right, you guys are taking a look at the entire app ecosystem. I love how on your site you kind of have a, a ranking of the apps, demographic of apps. I'm looking at the different app data that you have there. Um, I guess for in general, about how many people are typically working on the site at this point or, or contributing information to it? So we have a team, like a core team and uh, freelancers. So uh, if I remember correctly, the core team, uh, I'm just counting the spots on the <laughs> Zoom screen, the nine folks on the core team, and uh, five, seven people on top of that that are, are uh, freelancers who participate uh, from time to time, not, not members of the core team. But uh, yeah, we have people who are responsible for creating uh, articles for data section where we provide this um, holistic view on what specific popular app you can think of, like Uber, uh, Tinder, um, um, Airbnb in numbers. How does this app look like in numbers? Uh, its trajectory of growth, where it's at this point, uh, snapshot, the portrait of the app. We have the inside section where we have people who are, uh, um, actually this is the section for contribution. Uh, people can share their expertise and uh, publish something related to uh, a few specific areas like app marketing, app optimization, influencer marketing. Uh, and um, we have uh, news where we cover like quickly but insightfully giving a few uh, nuggets about the specific uh, piece of news that is happening right now trying to strike the balance between keeping people informed and not overwhelm them with the amount of stuff because they've been overwhelmed, overwhelmed without our help. We don't want to help in this process any more than it's happening without our help. And uh, obviously there is a podcast where I mind the host actually. And um, we're, we're, we're trying to cover this uh, uh, core set of topics uh, related to optimization, marketing, influencer marketing, um, engagement um, analytics around uh, across the publications podcast uh, and um, the second part of the, of the company is actually a promotion summit that that is taking place a few a few times in a year and to be perfectly honest the the closest at promotion summit is coming up this Thursday in San Francisco so it's just literally happening this way this week and um, we 
uh, welcome uh, at marketers uh, from around the globe uh, on this dance to share the experience in the topics I've just listed. And uh, we kind of are going back and forth between providing the off offline uh, exposure um, for these topics for people to discuss on the event and then going online kind of uh, the um, um, extra the collateral for the event with the publication with the podcast and the rest and this is how we hold this app industry ecosystem together uh, giving people a chance to either interact uh, offline in real life on the, at the event or share their expertise online yeah this is how it goes yeah, it's great. I, I know I went to the App Promotion Summit a few years ago in New York City. Uh, I think it was right after kind of COVID started to slow down. And oh, yeah. it's a weird, uh, it was it was a great, great event, just weird seeing people again in person. And it was, uh, but it was a fun event and lots of great companies there to be able to meet and mingle with. And I think you're in this fascinating position where you're basically providing information or helping these apps, right? Everyone has an app these days. Everyone has this idea these days and they want to go make a million dollars and they're thinking, hey, I'll just create this new dating app or this new retail app and do this. And, you know, you build the app that's one thing and it's not like Field of Dreams where if you build it, they will come, right? There's, there's, oh, yeah. You talked about, right? You have app store optimization, you have influencer marketing, you want to be able to measure your engagement and your retention. And if you are we're going to go build an app today, right? Where forget the app building of the app, right? Where are you going to focus your time? Are you going to look at app store optimization? Are you going to look at marketing? Is there a strategy that you work with customers or, or potential companies with on how to kind of do this? Well, um, the tricky thing is just like you said, um, on one side, like in on one hand, uh, if you look at the both app stores with so many apps, you get a feeling and it's pretty justified a feeling that a lot of ideas are being covered so extensively and uh, it feels like there is no room for you to squeeze into this market with your idea, with your concept, with your app. And that's just, this, is the, this is your challenge. So um, to not be in a position when you're going to be wasting your money and what is worth not your money, but your investor's money, you need to have um, the um, you, need, you, you need to test the market before you start developing your app. Uh, the research is so essential to see, uh, to check the temperature in the room, uh, what's going on with your competitors, uh, which, with which you will be uh, competing pretty soon once your app is on the App Store, how they're doing, uh, what the perception, what the reception that their apps are getting. Um, what are the channels uh, which will be helpful for you to talk to people, to you, to you, to the users of your app once it's live, where these people are hanging online, so to speak? Um, there, there's a set of like there's a toolbox of tools that is available for everybody. It's just your job to pick up the tools from that toolbox and see, are do they fit to your plan? Social media marketing, uh, either it's the paid advertising on uh, TikTok, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, Reddit, etc., or working with influencers, if that will be relevant for your app. Uh, app Store optimization, I think it's just the tick box that should be ticked off for every app. It doesn't matter if it's a simple calculator or the next Amazon 
uh, giant if you're that lucky. Um, so making sure that people can find your app on the App Store once they're looking for something specific, and that specific will be your app. Um, paid advertising on the um, YouTube, or sorry, on Google and uh, Meta Facebook ads. Um, it's um, in many cases it's relevant. It depends like what's going on with funding for your app. Uh, are you are you in a position to uh, allocate this money? Because ideally, uh, finding folks for your application uh, via native search and paid advertising is like the two pillars of the same strategy. It just depends on like how much money you will be able to allocate to paid advertising. But it's always helpful because it helps to feed your discoverability on the App Store and Google Play. Without going into much of the details, there is a connection between uh, your paid advertising, the keywords you're bidding there, and the keywords people will be finding your app uh, via just native search when they you know, pull up the app or the, the app store and look for something. Um, so influencers, app store optimization. Um, of course, um, content marketing is a big part, but uh, content marketing always uh, implies there's got to be something who can write a relatively good, when I say good, meaning people will be interesting to read that stuff. Um, you can deliver, um, like, the, the problem is, is that if you're a developer, you have good skills for coding, probably for designing, probably both. But writing, it's kind of um, <laughs> the anti, like, uh, if you're good at STEM, it doesn't mean you're good in the uh, literature and writings. So obviously, you're, you're if uh, when it comes to your education, you you either made a choice to become uh, to pick up your job that will be more on the uh, uh, math side, so to speak, or if uh, if writing was your thing, I'm not sure if you will be uh, creating your next app. Um, so you need to find somebody who will be good content marketer for you. Uh, you may find a freelancer or you may realize that well, you just didn't try before yourself. You actually have this talent. You can uh, put the um, um, information about your app, your company, the problem you're solving by releasing your app with blog posts that people will be reading and uh, you will be telling the story of your app you'll be able to pitch your ideas to press. Um, this is the hardest part. The, if somebody's remember this slogan, there's an app for that. It was, it feels like it was ages ago. Nobody care if there's an app for that in that sense. Um, apps are vehicles. Uh, you're building, uh, we're saying you're building an app business, but on a rare occasion, it's about the app. It's about the business you're building. An app is the vehicle, the channel for you to connect with your uh, customers or people who would just uh, consume um, something not commercial. So, uh, so influencer marketing, paid advertising, content marketing. This is kind of a big four in my book. 
There's a lot to unpack there. And I want to ask some questions, but usually around the 20-minute mark, I like to kind of do this fire round where I'm just going to ask some quick questions. Don't put much thought into it if you don't mind just giving me an answer, and then I want to build up on that. So I just have five quick questions for you. One, I know you're a family man based on what I've read online. What's your ideal family vacation? Oh, it's when we're uh, three of us um, are um, flying on the plane somewhere where we've never been before. And uh, there's a lot of things to um, check out, um, sites, and the place that will uh, show us some story, something we didn't know before we went on that journey. And a lot of uh, laughs, fun, and uh, you know, good recollections later. All right, sounds like you like history and you like kind of the reasoning behind things. What is the last book you read? Oh, uh, the last book I read. Uh, so uh, I'm currently reading the book uh, the, about the um, what it takes for us to actually leave the, this planet and live on the other planets. A bunch of questions that nobody's asking except uh, how we're going we're to build the rockets. The book deals with a lot of questions about psychology, history, politics. All those questions when you're on your uh, on your way to live on Mars, what is going to look like in reality? It's not about it's not just about rockets and getting there. There are many other questions. So the book covers all these things. It's very entertaining reading. Still living with that sci-fi, huh? You can't. You, you yeah. still love that stuff. Um, my favorite question is, what did you have for breakfast? Oh, <laughs> that's cotton cheese with a bunch of berries. Okay. Um, do you play games? I guess what what's your favorite game? Oh, that's easy. Uh, I never, I never passed Tetris. Tetris was my uh, game of choice, you know, years and years ago, and I never ventured farther than Tetris. Uh, as it, it's the play, is the game I really like to play. I'm not a game guy. No. That's- it's a shame. If you ever want to get into it, you should try Starfield. There's just a great whole exploration aspect of it where you can look up the different different types of uh, resources. And last question. If you were going to go to a bar and order a cocktail, what type of cocktail would you order? Oh, cocktail. Uh, gosh, that's an interesting question because I prefer wine all the time. I love it. I love wine. What's your wine of choice if you're not getting a cocktail? Oh, uh, that's funny because uh, my favorite wine is the wine that my dad does. Uh, he's a kind of an amateur brewer, and uh, it doesn't have a name. It's awesome. just the, the taste that I really love. Love it. It's great. Okay, so let's go back. You um, you said a lot of things about kind of building an app, and not only what you said is just building an app, but it's also really building a business, right? I mean, it's no matter what you're building, the channels that you're advertising are going to be important because some channels are great for LinkedIn's great for business pro- promotion. Instagram's great for selling stuff and kind of promote like knowing what your business is and understanding the channels you're going to market it on. is super important. If you try selling stuff on, if you try selling retail goods on LinkedIn, you're not going to make it too far. Typically the one that I found was really interesting is content marketing. I think people struggle with creating unique content. I think even if you look at businesses, creating blog posts, creating videos, creating all this stuff's like time consuming. Um, but now we have this little tool called ChatGPT or Midjourney or all these other AI tools that you could type in like six keywords and it'll write 
a thesaurus worth of information for you. And it's interesting and great when you know what you're doing with it and how you're tweaking it and prompting it. But you're also getting a lot of, for lack of better words, crap that's being put out there. And then do you, and this is probably more of a personal decision, but do you think the rise of AI is good for the content creation marketplace? Is it saturating it? Is it both? Well, that's a good question. Uh, as people say, when the answer is not clear, um, you know, uh, there's so much things to say uh, under the umbrella. It depends. Um, I think for like if we're if we're talking about the um, app marketing, so the the app industry specifically, I uh, think. Uh, ChatGPT or Bart from Google can both be helpful um, as a kind of inspiration. So, uh, like, usually, what do you do when you try to uh, do something that you have no idea how it should be done? You're looking for examples, right? You're looking for how this should be done um, by looking at um, somebody else's work. And uh, with ChatGPT, you can get uh, on the fly, on the spot, the example of what needs to be done. But I'm not encouraging people, not at this point, not later, just blindly copying, pasting, uh, and just publishing this stuff. Um, the thing is that um, ChatGPT and Bart are great in processing what was done before by somebody else. They're doing it so really well that we we cannot see that 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 line uh, between uh, if that piece was written by me or by machine because it it's really great in uh, putting together um, the pieces of for so many pieces of information it was using for uh, putting this uh, blog post or posts for social media together, but. Um, it's always uh, like from from a psychological perspective. I, to me personally, I don't I don't want to give away the work specifically to the machine entirely. Um, not at this point. It I think generally it's a great way of like uh, like you wouldn't pick up a pen or a pa and uh, paper to calculate something. You would pick it on a calculator, but you will not be using a calculator to to um, solve a more complex problem. So ChatGPT for me, it's a kind of a calculator for content marketing. So it's a great to create something uh, that is like 8% good uh, and then see if I can just uh, finish this portrait, uh, kind of a, a few strokes for me personally. This is, this is my recipe. So you're saying you can't let ChatGPT or whatever, Bard or whatever, do all the work for you. If you feed it the material and you maybe ask for it to improve it or to make it sound better, to do this, like use it as a vehicle to help you get moving rather than do the whole work for you. Yeah, because remember the stories that have been kind of a, a really good news grabbers recently that people come to the library with a list of books that did not exist. No authors, no titles, no books. They don't exist. ChatGPT just came up with those great titles and authors' names just on the spot. So things like a hallucination, I don't think like both platforms are in a position, at least right now, to solve. Uh, it remains to be seen what's going to happen next year or later. But as of right now, 
um, just just don't don't give away the uh, wheel drive the wheel to drive for, for chat dpt it, it does very funny things usually when i'm done with my podcast my this tool that we're using zencaster will kind of give me a summary of like thousand words here's what you guys spoke about and i'll usually put that into chat gpt and i'll say come up with 160 characters for seo purposes uh-huh. and it will send me like a 500 word response and it's like <laughs> hey here's 160 characters i'm just like that's more than 160 and it's like oh i'm sorry here we go again just like this is really common sense and it's a great tool it's a really smart tool but these hallucinations and there's some other words for them like if you're not checking yourself if you're not checking what it spits out right and i'm sure a lot of people are copying and pasting and, and you can see it on on linkedin you can see it on reddit where things are really obviously written by chat gpt or something people don't even hide it and i think like you gotta put some of your own work in there you gotta make it yours you gotta try exactly uh i i, I saw the recent uh, study a couple of months ago like uh 8500 uh Individuals were asked, "How do, how did you use ChatGPT? Um, for w- what was the purpose? What was the topic you were asking for help? Like uh, one third was marketing, one third was uh, software development, and the rest one, was one third. So software developers, I think, would be <laughs> if you ask the same question to them, they would be praising the software for you know doing all heavy duty stuff for them for them, but marketing." Mm, yeah, that's that's the calculator. Um, just be cautious, like with the ultimate result, um, because um, it try to do the best job. So if you're putting together uh, five, ten articles yourself, what would look like the result if you're doing it yourself? Just trying to make it really cool. Um, it's not necessarily what the result you need. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> there are more nu- nuance, which is hard to program at least right now at least the current level of uh how much information uh, and the algorithm in the chat dpc at this point so yeah um just be mindful of hallucination of chat dpc always check your sources and let's kind of uh let's kind of pivot where this conversation is going and talk through this from my own curiosity do you download a ton of apps i mean in the business you are, do you test these apps ever? Or do you, like, how many apps would you say you go through a week? Well, so uh, from the top of my head on my phone, I think I'm on in this um, average uh, statistic number, like 120, 130 apps on my phone. I I, th- I think, well, definitely not, not on a weekly basis, definitely... Um, unless there's something interesting, like, you know, on the magnitude of interest, like ChatGPT or something, I would grab this initiative just to quickly and see, like, make my own impression. Threats was the latest um, example. Uh, okay, what is going to look like? Why are people so crazy about it? Uh, but um, it always starts with a specific necessity. Okay, I'm going to... Um, Let's see, uh, on a hiking hiking trail, I don't know the place. Okay, there's an app. Okay, cool. The app has uh, certain maps that you can download on my phone. And when the reception is dead, I'm still good to go. Well, that, 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 that's a good app. I can grab it and use it. But um, I think I've stopped venturing to the app store for the sake of you know, curiosity and see what's cool there uh, a while ago. Um, uh, just... <laughs> 
no time for this thing. I I, I try. I use the App Store uh, from my iPhone just as a source of for apps that like, on the spot. There is a specific uh, case. There is a specific need, and I need an app for that. That generally, um, I think, just reading uh, um, analytics from data AI of what are apps on the on the top and having a holistic picture of the App Store. That's enough for me. So a little bit building on that and I'll let you choose the direction of how to answer this question. Are there trends or new things you're seeing apps do that you either love or hate? Well, I think the hate part will be easier for me. I hate gamification of apps for trading and investing. Um, people like, um, obviously Robin Hood comes to mind. Um, I, I don't mean I hate the company or people, the idea uh, of um, presenting the, like investing your money, it's not a, like, when you present this process as a game, it's a bad thing for our, your um, awareness, how serious it is for your financial future. It raises, it lowers the bar of uh, kind of a threshold for new people to join. It may be great for the app growth. That's awesome. Okay, but from a perspective of the customer uh, of uh, of myself, I I don't see it a good thing, especially when people in their twenties may invest a lot of money without you know the second thought because it felt like a game. It felt funny. It felt cool. It's everybody else is doing. I don't think it's a good thing. So gamification, I'm not a fan of that. On the positive side and the flip side, I love that some of the apps manage to uh, do kind of impossible. Like uh, I'll give you an example of what I mean. Like this, the, there's an app for uh, planning um, your to-dos things. It's a Germany company that has been um, pushing this app for a number of years on the App Store. Uh, and the app is getting new features. It's obviously became more complex, but it, not, but it doesn't become bulky. It, it's not bulky. It's not, I'm still uh, picking up the app and I can figure out what it does. Uh, I'm not lost. So you're, you're, can actually increase the complexity at new features but still you can absolutely feel easier using that app and it still makes sense it still does what it does for you there's a very fine line between improving your app adding more features uh, as you know new ideas come along as your hardware allows you you know give you more freedom but at the same time you're not getting in the direction of the microsoft office years and years ago when so many icons on the screen, you, you could just lost in that interface. So yeah, this is the positive and negative trend in my book. Yeah, it, both of those are, are great, right? Gamification of, of apps is interesting, right? I mean, you have the Robinhood crew that with the retail apps like GameStop and, and all that, right? Kids see this weird transition between the Robinhood group and also sports betting as well, right? It's yeah. all becoming so much more accessible. And I think it's, this is my own personal feeling is that it, it's teaching kids at a young age to be reckless with money. And yes, you're going to see people on Reddit who are like, I made a million dollars. 
great for every one person that looks out and makes a million dollars. Do you know how many people are losing a significant yeah. amount of money? Uh, I love investing, right? And I think Robinhood is a great app. I, I think it's a great app because kind of almost what you said about the love thing. I think Robinhood adds some great features without sprawling too much and becoming confusing to use. The problem is it's also making it so easy that maybe yeah. it's, a, I don't know. But And I love the love thing that you mentioned as well. Is like, how, how do you continue to add onto this app without confusing it? There's a lot of games I play on my phone and they keep adding features to it and features to it. And this feature has nothing to do with the rest of the game. And why do I have to do this now? It's just like, I hate this now because... I have to come in here and spend 45 minutes doing things I don't want to do in order to do what I want to do. So it's fascinating to be able to see how you create a roadmap on how do you improve that core feature that people love to come and do. I, I know I just got the new, the Fold 5, right? And I'm just trying to find these cool apps that actually utilize the Fold. And it's mm-hmm. it's hard to find this stuff. And I'm curious. And because I feel like that's kind of, I love planning too, right? And I'm trying to find good apps that can utilize both sides of the screen. And, and this kind of goes into the next question I had is like, how do you research these new apps that are coming out? How do you stay current in the industry? And I know you said data.ai, right? is great for showing you what are those top apps that are performing across the different categories. But how do you stay, other than reading your own website, how do you stay current in the industry? Well, um, there are um, my uh, kind of three-pillar uh, approach uh, will be, number one, finding good newsletters. Um, unfortunately, as much as you would try to kind of, uh, creating this, um, digest of what's cool in the certain, um, area of business, uh, or anything yourself, you, you just don't have time for it. If you, if you can find a newsletter, like my like gold standard, Bennett, Bennett Evans, a newsletter where he put together, um, kind of a meta both meta picture on what's going on in the IT in the um on the on the internet on the biggest scale, and at the same time uh, covering um, smaller updates from big platforms when it's relevant. And um, I'm not saying you'll be able to read that newsletter on a daily or weekly basis. It depends on how much you're busy on a, on a daily basis, but at least a couple of times a month. Uh, you can get a really good holistic picture of what's going on on the big scale. The second pillar will be podcasts. Um, I'm, I'm biased. Like in this case, I <laughs> I host a podcast where I invite people from uh, uh, many ep- businesses to talk so I can have a direct access. But you can find the, the um, podcast on the, uh, like, it may be... Uh, iTunes directory, uh, the podcast directory from Apple or Spotify uh, or uh, Stitcher. There, there are many platforms where you can find podcasts for you to listen. doesn't matter if you're on Android or, on, or iOS, both sides are covered. And um, this is for you. This is, will be a good way for you to stay on top of things uh, because um, it's, it's, it's a matter of how much free time you have in your hands on a daily basis to be on top of things. And when you can listen to podcasts when you're doing something else, this is great. Um, unless you're driving, please don't listen to podcasts and drive. It's not a good combination. You have to be mindful of what's going on on the road. But when you're at home and doing some stuff and you can listen and um, there are video podcasts. If you're if you if you'd like to see something, you know, like 
uh, visually. Um, but for that matter, you could just go on YouTube and subscribe to a channel, which will be my third channel, my third pillar, uh, YouTube as the way of, uh, um, staying t- on top of things. Um, there, um, the YouTube has grown to, uh, kind of a, um, the TV for, for you because of the production quality. You can find people who are really, really good in creating content, even though they never, they, they did not represent any big company, any media company, but still they're really great in the creating content that is useful, fun, um, and, um, yeah, kind of hitting the, uh, the golden line between being informative, but not too long. Yeah. So YouTube uh, channels, podcasts, and good newsletters. Love it. And I think the one thing just to be wary of as well as with YouTube, kind of like AI having hallucinogens, if you're not following the right type of influencers on YouTube or same with podcasts, right? You, you yeah. might get some news that that's not so favorable, which I think is a negative side of the whole social media side of things on how any type of news can become news. But I think those are all great sources. I, I know my wife and I, we spend a lot of time on YouTube now because the end of the day, I mean, we can flip through channels or we can find a channel that's interesting and learn something or do something that's a little more insightful. And I think there's some great things out there that, that can help people learn this type of information. You mentioned you, uh, you all this media that you're consuming, right? Whether it be podcast newsletters, you all are, are also an avid reader, right? Are you still reading as much as you want or you find that your time is being taken up by these other channels as well? Well, uh, my bookshelf on the Kindle app is pretty heavy. Uh a lot of titles are sitting there that have nothing to do with um, the stuff we're talking about right now, like Behave, the book from uh, Robert Sapolsky about psychology is really great in when it comes to what's going on in our brain on a daily basis. How do we operate? Um, the books like uh, um, Biography of Steve Jobs, um, some, some books about physics, uh, anthropology and uh, um, it's I'm, I'm like um, I don't think I, I have a goal to read a book within a month or something but I find uh, really convenient to read the book and switching between my iPhone and iPad um, <clears throat> and um, just when the time permits like um, usually it happens on the weekend or when I'm uh, somewhere on a long commute uh, but um, yeah, I still manage to find a few hours a week uh, to read something that I really love. I'm envious. I uh, it's funny. I'm thinking back to your vacation comment on, on being able to take a vacation with your your family. I, I had two kids. I have a five year old and three year old, and every chance I have to read a book is now completely gone. I, and I, I, am, I, I miss the days of being able to sit on a beach or something and just read a book in quietness. And then I'm looking forward to eighteen ish years when I can send them out of my house and I can start doing that again. Yeah, my my daughter is 18 years old, so I I passed that moment a long time ago, but I do remember those years. Yeah. Well, Art, I appreciate you coming on today. We learned a lot about app development. We learned about the business of apps. Uh, app Promotion Summit is also coming up in two days in San Francisco, so make sure you check that out. Is there anything else that you would like to just share or, or talk about, Art, before we, we end today? Yeah, just... Um... Uh, just a, one quick thing. Remember, if uh, you're in your 20s right now and you're beginning your own business, uh, when you will be in your 40s, you will still have this feeling like your 20s inside of you, and this is great. But time is ticking. Um, try to 
be more more mindful about your time the this balance between how much time you spend for work or for, for your family something's really hard to catch up later when you're you know, 40 plus trying to recall what would be great if i can go back in my 20s and do that thing instead of that thing so be mindful of your time on what you're spending it love it thank you for that art and everyone time is precious it's the most valuable asset we have so so make sure you use it wisely and We'll have all of art as long as as well as business of apps information on our player engage website. I really did appreciate you coming on today, Art. This is a insightful look at the kind of business of apps itself and, and I appreciate it. So thank you very much. I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you so much, Greg. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining today's episode. Join us next week when we meet with Tim Bennison from Hothead Games. We'll learn about co-development as well as the pillars of building a new game. You can always find us at playerengage.com as well as on YouTube and on LinkedIn. So we hope to see you again soon and thanks for joining us.